0: Opinions expressed in this episode are personal. They do not necessarily reflect the views of this streaming platform. Good day everyone and welcome to another edition of Let's Be Diverse. I am your host, Andrew Stout. This episode is dedicated to all my loved ones who have supported me through this journey. Leaders are people who inspire us. The need to communicate in the workplace with leaders has become more imperative than ever. As teams look to work together, the work deepens and collaboration becomes more evident. So, in today's episode, we'll be discussing organic communication. My guest today is Whitney Koch. Now, Whitney Koch is a communications specialist in the Sugarland, Texas area. She's a graduate of Penn State University and is uh, and speaks German. As well, after five years of writing instruction manuals, she moved into her marketing role, which involves content creation, product marketing, internal communications, social media management, and more. Her passions are building brand awareness, growing communities, and supporting American manufacturing through social media. She is a proud mom, proud wife, cat person, and is NeuroDivergent. Welcome to the show, Whitney. It is a pleasure to have you on today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you and the introduction.
0: You're very welcome. It's You've been on my radar, Whitney, to have on for a while now. <laughs> so I'm glad that we had the opportunity to get you on today.
1: Yeah, I'm excited for a conversation.
0: Absolutely. How have things been with you?
1: It's been Interesting. Lots going on. It's a busy time of year. Springtime moving into the summer. You mentioned I'm a mom. I'm a boy mom. My son will be five soon and we're getting him registered for kindergarten and preparing for that transition, uh, looking for some new work opportunities. We added another cat to our cat family (laughs) earlier this year. Yeah, so it's been busy, but good.
0: Good. And how's the weather around that area?
1: In Texas, we don't really get the different seasons like other states do. It's pretty much hot most of the month, most of the year, and then cold a couple of months. So the pleasant spring like weather has already come and gone, and we're in the hot weather, like getting ready for the summer down here.
0: Mm -hmm. I need to move. I need to move to Texas, I think, because we have winter here. (laughs) It's so friggin' cold. Yeah. That I ask myself every year. Why do I live in this climate? <laughs> because I'm a warm weather person, 100%. So it is starting to get warmer here. We are in a uh, t-shirt and shorts weather here. So oh, there you go. Is promising for sure, to say the least. So it's very <laughs> exciting. I'm very excited about that for sure.
1: Yeah, and if you ever make plans to move down to Texas, you probably want to avoid the panhandle because they still get snow and stuff like that over there. Come closer to the Gulf Coast and you'll get warmer weather.
0: (laughs) I will take your advice on one and (laughs) we'll definitely look at moving to the Gulf Coast for sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So before we begin, I always have a fun question to ask my guests to get things going. Are you ready for yours, Whitney?
1: I am ready. Let's do it.
0: Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so my question for you today is what would you choose if you had a second chance at one event in your life? Would you do it differently? And how it, how would your life be different now?
1: Ooh. Okay, so I need to tell you the event that I would change and what I would do differently. Yeah. And how my life would be different now. Correct. Ooh. Okay. Oh. Honestly, I don't know that I would change anything. There are definitely not so pleasant things that have happened in my life, but I feel like everything has worked together to get me to the place that I am and make me the person that I am. And I like who I am, (laughs) so I don't think I would want to change anything.
0: Okay, there you go. That's a very good answer. (laughs) I think you're a pretty awesome person too, Whitney, so I don't think I would change anything. Thank you for your amazing answer and for having fun with me. I always enjoy asking these questions because my guests never know what they're going to be, so to hear the answers. I wait in anticipation to hear what the answers are going to be.
1: Yeah, yeah, I bet.
0: So why don't we get this show on the road here and get to the meat and bones of this? All right. Why don't we start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself, Whitney, and your story?
1: Yeah, I'd be glad to. So you gave a little bit of an introduction in my bio. I do live in Texas in the greater Houston area. I've lived here for ooh, well over 20 years. We first came here in 1997. My father is now a retired petroleum engineer, so he's been part of the oil and gas industry for over 40 years. And we moved around a couple of times during my childhood for his work. And we came to Houston in the late 90s, and that was his last post. So I completed junior high and high school here, and then I went off to school in Pennsylvania at Penn State, and I studied German. Didn't know at the time that we had German heritage, but it was something I always enjoyed. Learning is challenging to learn a different language, but it can also be a fun challenging and German, especially the. It's a pretty tight-knit group, right? Not everybody takes German as a foreign language, especially down in Texas. Spanish is pretty popular, and now Chinese and Japanese and American Sign Language are getting popular. So German's always a small, close-knit group, and I've just always been drawn to having that kind of close community. So I continued my studies at Penn State. I got to spend my junior year abroad in Germany, which was amazing. And I even got to go back for a year after I graduated as a Fulbright English teaching assistant. So that was a really interesting experience. I came back to Texas after that and really sh- honestly struggled with figuring out what my next steps were. I was in my early 20s. I had majored in German with a concentration in business and just really wasn't sure what I wanted to do with that. So, I was working in retail to to make some money and then I also began doing a teacher certification program so I could teach at secondary school. So I worked my way through that and also began a master's program for German at Middlebury College. They have an amazing language program. If anyone out there is interested in language studies, it's full immersion. It's like being in the country, wherever it is you're studying. It's amazing. Uh, So I. I was working on those things and I got a position teaching German at a high school in the district that I graduated from. And I really enjoyed teaching my students, getting to watch them grow, getting to create teaching materials and really think about what's engaging, what's important, what's not important. How do you break down something like a foreign language to students who really have had no other exposure to foreign languages. In other countries, they start foreign language learning so much earlier than we do in the U.S. So it makes for a really interesting situation. But I taught there for four years, and in my fourth year, just realized it wasn't my lifetime career. So I started thinking about, okay, what skills do I have as a teacher? That would be transferable to the private sector. And through a networking group, I heard about technical writing. That was something that was totally new to me. And I ended up at a small family owned manufacturing company in Sugarland, writing installation, operation and maintenance manuals. I did that for about five and a half years. So that was pretty interesting. I really got to know the products. Very well and understand the industry, work with our subject matter experts, with the engineering department, uh, producing documentation to help the end user with our equipment. And uh, after about five years of that, it was, I felt ready for a change and I moved over into marketing and I got to still do writing, but a different type of writing, a little bit more creative, varied formats. And I really enjoyed being able to take the knowledge that I had gained writing our instruction manuals and just taking that product knowledge and being able to interpret it into a more more marketing style writing and build out the website. And that eventually grew into social media management. That wasn't something that I started out really with any interest in doing. But just like pretty much everybody, I'm a social media consumer personally. And when the pandemic hit and shut our trade shows down, getting onto social media was really our only option in terms of Keeping the company name out there and reaching new people and being able to share things that were happening at the company when we weren't allowed to travel and visit or display products to a large audience. Doing that has been, yeah, so awesome. I've really through that gotten to meet so many wonderful people and create really deep friendships. And I think that's really at the heart of social media. Aside from the entertainment value of some platforms, it's about being social, right? Social media is about having a community. And if you can build it successfully, it's awesome. So that's about it. And somewhere in the middle of that, I got married and I had my son.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The yeah, yeah, important part is love. <laughs> yeah. The important part is love. It's, I'm with you on social media. I'm not an expert in it like you are, but I just find it so fascinating how it's changed over the years. So I mm-hmm. definitely, definitely see a change in that. And you mentioned retail. I always feel like. I was, I recommend that everybody should work retail Mm -hmm. one time in their life so that they realize what it's like. I could just remember my days of working in retail where they, where you just finished folding a whole bunch of stuff and Mm someone just comes along and they're looking for a size and you just toss your whole pile that you just folded just to see what sizes are there Mm -hmm. and you got to refold it again. So it's just. And it's funny because when I go to a store now, when I grab something and I unfold it, I refold it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife usually laughs at me because, she says, oh my god, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm so used to folding it, and I it drove me crazy when people did it. So I I feel obliged to to fold, mm. fold it after looking at it. No. Yeah, um, I get laughed at, I get laughed at by my wife, I get laughed at by the staff in the store, but that's the way that, that's the way I am, and I feel good about it, <laughs> I just walk away. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, like, the do unto others, that's the way I feel about it, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In your, in your, so, in your experience, or explain to us, in your experience, what organic mm-hmm. communication means.
1: Yeah, so that's a really great question. In terms of social media, organic communication is really just normal posting. So it doesn't matter if it's just a text-only post, a still image, a video, a document. You're just posting on whatever platform and... The engagement is at the whim of your network, so your followers, your friends, and also the algorithm of the platform. So it's whatever reach you get is just organic, and that really all depends on how people engage with your content and the type of content that you are putting out. So the opposite of that would be paid social media, where you are paying for ads or paying for a particular post to be served up to certain industries or specific job titles, things like that. So it's very targeted. Whereas organic is whoever it reaches based on the algorithm. That's who it reaches. That's
0: solely interesting to me. Do you think that leaders? get involved in that stuff? Or do you think that they, like in your experience, have leaders gotten involved in decision-making of the social media or have they let the social media experts concentrate Mm. on that stuff?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Coming from ma- the manufacturing industry, I would say that a lot of leaders are more old school in their mentality and they perceive social media to be just something that you do with friends and family and sharing personal information and not really understanding a platform like LinkedIn, for example, which is really designed for more professional business connections. You still share personal things, but it's got a very different vibe to it than something like Facebook, right? It's a very different environment. But if you're not a frequent social media user or you're not familiar with the different channels, I can see how you wouldn't really understand the differences in the platforms. So I think a lot of leaders are just really unaware of the power of social media. And they think it's just, I don't know, like a bonus thing, maybe, or just something that's not worth much time. Maybe they can hire an intern for a summer and the intern can get on to a social channel and do some posts for them. And that's good, but that's not really how it works. But then I've also seen cases where business leaders are really out there actively sharing and being thought leaders in whatever industry they're in or whatever their passion is and they're sharing content about that and those types of leaders have much more success in building their own personal brand and reaching potential customers, building relationships. There is a big difference in organic communication coming from individuals versus coming from a company account. I know for LinkedIn, for example, personal posts get better reach because of the algorithm. So your post is served up to more people than a post from a company page, for example. So in cases like that, it's really to a leader's benefit to be active on LinkedIn. And if they can do that in conjunction with an active company page too, wow, that's even better. But yeah, I feel like LinkedIn has a crazy number of users. And if you look at the stats, there's a very small percentage of LinkedIn users who are actually regularly posting and engaging on the platform. So that's a huge opportunity for leaders out there, thought leaders, business leaders.
0: For sure. And I totally agree with you as far as leadership. I've noticed too that a lot of older leaders or some leaders, I should say, when you, they talk about something new like social media or bringing stuff out, they'll say, oh, we tried that. It yeah. doesn't work. And then you're like, well, just because it didn't work five years ago doesn't mean it's going to work now. And, and maybe adjust the way that we put it out there, but why not try it again? So yeah. we can see some issues or concerns with that, I should say. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've also heard thinking about sales and using LinkedIn as a way to find prospective customers. I've heard, I've tried that and it didn't work. But really, I think the big question is, how long did you try that for? You can't just jump into a platform and expect to come out with a purchase order for a million dollar sale. That's really not how that works. You wouldn't even... Walk into a business as like a cold visit and walk out with a PO. Sure, it might happen every now and then, like, but that's not the way that it normally works. It's just a, it's all about building a relationship and you can't build a relationship, at least not a very solid one in a short period of time and if you're doing it very superficially, you know, that's not going to be the type of relationship that will really benefit you in the long term. So understanding that just like really any other business function, using social media and organic communication for brand awareness and then trying to increase sales, it's a long game. It, take, it takes time to determine your voice, you know, what it Is you want to share on each platform and also then to make connections. It's, you have to think about it as building the KLT factor. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's a no like trust. So it takes a lot of touch points, right? In any kind of journey for followers, prospects, potential job candidates to really get to know you because they start seeing your name, They you start getting some name recognition and then they start seeing your content more and then they maybe start liking you and over a longer period of time you can build that trusting relationship and it's from that that you are able to get potential sales or other business opportunities. So yeah, it's, it's not easy. That's I think one big misconception is that social media is easy and anybody can do it. And, but it's not, <laughs> it's like any, it's like any other department in your business. There are reason. there's a reason why there are social media specialists, social media managers, why companies have whole teams for that. Yeah. There's a reason for that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So what are some of the ways organizations can use organic communication effectively?
1: Yeah, I think it really matters if you are wanting as a leader to use organic communication, get on social media to think about what your purpose is. So are you trying to build your own personal brand, which like I recommend doing? Are you primarily trying to build up the reputation of your company, your organization? Are you trying to build up the reputation of maybe the brand, right? Or change that? Some companies go through rebranding, and so then you really have to work on changing the perception of of your company, of your brand. And then one thing I think also often gets overlooked is the role that social media and organic communications can play in hiring. It's not the way people seek new employment anymore is very different from how it used to be, right? You go online and you are Googling companies and reading job descriptions. You're getting onto Indeed and Glassdoor and looking at reviews. You're looking at LinkedIn and their other social channels to get a sense of what it would be like to work there. And so when building a social media strategy, I think it's important for leaders to also have that in mind that, you know, what, what do we want our social media channels to show and communicate about our company. And it really can't just be about your products, right? If Especially if you're wanting to hire, is that learning about products, I don't think is really going to draw interested candidates. So you have to think about the different audiences that you have. And really, once you understand the audiences that you're trying to reach, make sure that you are... Creating and sharing content that really speaks to those individual audiences.
0: I want to delve back to what you said earlier, saying getting on to show your purpose. I truly believe that we don't build a brand; we want to build a community. You want to be in a point where there, if it's your company or you as an individual. You want to be in a situation where there's two people talking or a company talking and they're talking about you and you're not even in the room. So I think that's what social media is and I believe what you just said, it starts to you develop your purpose there and by doing that, you're getting out, you're getting yourself out there way, way more.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think for leaders who are maybe hesitant or who really struggle to understand social media in that way, I would just encourage them to think about typical networking that they already do. So odds are that they go to some kind of trade show, industry show, or Maybe they're part of a standards organization and there are social events and things like that. What is it you do when you go to those events? You are talking about your own personal life, probably. You're talking about what's new at your company and you are talking about things that are relevant to your industry. And those are all things that you can do on social media. You just are talking to a broader audience and also what you share on social media is there for, and unless you delete it, it's just going to be there permanently. Whereas a conversation, like once it's over, it's a vapor, right? There's no, no lasting history of that. And people then in those cases, whether it's a trade show, industry show, whatever you as a person, become associated with your company's brand. And it's really the same thing on social media as well. So I think just taking that understanding and realizing all we're doing is changing the context and the format a little bit, but it's really the same thing and to the same end.
0: So Whitney, how do we create and implement an effective organic communication strategy? That's a great question.
1: I think if that's something that a leader really wants to do, then they need to hire someone with the expertise in that. Even if you are a leader with some expertise in that, you are running a company, running a department, you have a lot of other things on your plate. So I feel like that's something it really makes sense to outsource or bring in someone to assist you with that. And like we talked about before thinking about who it is we are trying to reach through social media and what type of message we want to share, right? You need to think about how you want the company to be perceived and really what's most valuable. And then I would also say that leaders should really listen to the expert that they have brought on board and just understand that they are the expert for a reason and they are there to help you make the greatest impact and Mm -hmm. to appreciate their perspective and their guidance. I
0: totally agree with you on that. When it comes to leaders, what I think they need to figure out is that yes, they need the help, but, they don't know the answers to everything. They don't mm-hmm. know how to do everything. So I think a lot of leaders are afraid to ask for help.
1: Yeah. And
0: yeah. it is okay to ask for help. Whether you're, mm-hmm. you're a manager, you're a supervisor, you're a, you're a worker, it's okay to ask for help. I think it's important to ask. I'd rather people ask for the help than to just answer somebody, something that they are not aware of or they don't right. know about. So like a leader saying, oh, yeah, I know how to post on social media. I know how to, I know what to say. I know what to do. And they've never done it before. I could see some issues happening from yeah, it and yeah. some drawback for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think you bring up a good point. It's helpful to have, even if you don't want to fully outsource, right, or bring in somebody to manage it for your company. And if you want to do it as an individual, learn some best practices, I think before you get started, there are also consultants out there who can help you. We worked with one, my previous company, her name is Polly Rose. She's awesome. I would highly recommend her to any leader looking for some help understanding LinkedIn. She worked with a business development representative, really just teaching the fundamentals of LinkedIn, going over basic vocabulary, like what does it mean to post? What is, what is share bookmark and just understanding the platform. And then she talked about how you as an individual can develop an own, your own strategy and cadence and ways that you can streamline things for yourself. So I think that's a really great option. If someone or a company doesn't really want to go all in on a company social media strategy. If you just find a professional who who does that type of consulting, that's a great place to start and to at least help you get started and to begin laying that foundation.
0: For sure. And I think mm-hmm. it's good to have some understanding of what's going on, to try to do it if you're not familiar with it. But I told, like I said, I totally think that Having some severe, some good understanding of what's going on, what it means is vital for sure.
1: Yeah. And you can also spend some time as a lurker. We joke about lurkers in marketing conversations because there are people who are there like scrolling and reading your post, but they don't ever, they don't ever leave a comment or engage in any other way. But there's still a ton of people on LinkedIn who do that. And you think about your own social media usage, how much do you just scroll without engaging in another way. So the content is still reaching people. So you as a lurker can spend time seeing what content is already out there. What are people doing? What do you like? What do you not like? What would fit with your personality or what you're trying to achieve? If you don't even want to consult with anybody, you know, definitely spend some time on the platform and see Yeah, like best practices and what the vibe is, right? Because each platform has, I think, maybe not unwritten rules, but there's a different tone for the various platforms and type of content that works best. You really have to be on the platforms and familiar with them to, I think, be a little bit more successful in that sense, right? You don't want to post something and have it fall flat because it was totally tone deaf, right? You need to understand... The expectations and of the platform and your audience.
0: Are there any pitfalls when it comes to organic communication?
1: Yeah, we talked a little bit already about the algorithm. So the algorithm on each platform is just constantly changing and it's not always your friend. (laughs) Depending on the type of content that you share, the time that you share it, are you using a scheduling tool or posting it natively in that social media platform? Like all these things can impact the reach of your content. And because the algorithm changes so much, it's really hard to, I think, keep up with what best practices are. So maybe. Maybe you've heard people tell you you need to post at 8 o'clock on a Monday morning to get the best reach or something like that, but that may not be true anymore. You definitely, if it's something that you want to take seriously, I think even just understanding that sometimes it's not your content, right? The content is not always the reason why you might not be getting the engagement that you want. It could just be that the algorithm is not serving your content up to enough people. And so that's where having a solid network helps, right? If you are on LinkedIn and you only have six connections and you want to post something and expect it to go viral, that's not going to happen if you don't, if you only have a handful of connections. So I think a, a big part of it is first spending time building your own community and and that will help with your organic reach and engagement. So yeah, scheduling tools are really handy to have, especially if you are a very busy person and you want to put out a lot of different content, you could definitely use them. But maybe you'd say you're always going to schedule your post for the same time every day and make time for that time frame whenever your post is going to go live and be there in the platform because the platforms will reward you for being there and engage with your own post, go on and engage with some others. And that's going to direct people to your content too. You can't just post and ghost, right? And expect engagement. You have to also be engaging. It's a two way street, just like a conversation. You can having a one sided conversation not very exciting or engaging. To be really successful, you have to also be on there and I think give more than you receive.
0: I know for myself, I could say that when, especially on LinkedIn, when you're posting, I know some people say, oh, yeah, we talked about the algorithms earlier, that people say, oh, I didn't, nobody's seeing my posts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I know for myself for the last few, I guess the last three, four weeks I've had A few people who have messaged me and said that they have heard the podcast or seen my post, but they never engaged, but they've seen. I know it's getting out there. Yeah. I think, again, we're talking about leaders being skeptical about how productive it can be. Yeah. Uh, But I think if you just, like you said, stick with it. What's going to catch some eyes it may not catch all the eyes, but it yes. may catch some eyes. And you just want it to hit the important eyes.
1: Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It should really be quality over quantity. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Whitney, I've really enjoyed this conversation, it's been beneficial, and I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed it. If I was to ask you one word to describe yourself, what word would that be?
1: I would choose loyal, for better or worse.
0: (laughs) Nope, uh, that's a very good word. Loyal is very important. It's probably one of my core values. I love that word. I would say, if I was to think of a word for you, Whitney, I would say compassionate. The reason why I would say it's compassionate is just meeting you and conducting conversations with you and doing stuff with you, you work like this with you. You always are willing to help out no matter what the scenario is or what Mm. the situation is. I know you've had a crazy, busy week. (laughs) I I know that this is not the only podcast that you're on this week. Just you taking the time to fit it in your busy schedule That just tells me that you are a very compassionate person, that you want to help out, and you want to be there for people as much as you can. It's very appreciated.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for saying that. I found in the community that I've built on LinkedIn, that's really the way that the community operates, right? It's about giving more than you take and helping as much as you can where you can. And yeah, feels good to live that way, too.
0: Absolutely. It puts a smile on your face. And when you do stuff like that, and even though the per- the other person may not be smiling as much as you, <laughs> but for me, it makes me feel good and I can walk away smiling and saying I did what I could mm-hmm. to help out. Yeah, sure.
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Any final thoughts today?
1: Uh, Thank you so much again for this opportunity. This is a subject I really enjoy talking about. I think it's often way oversimplified. And so it's good to be able to talk about some of the nuances of social media and organic communication. And yeah, I would just urge our listeners to think about their own personal brand and how they how they want to use their, in, their own personal influence that they have on whatever social media channels they're on. Some
0: great words there, some great advice that is received and appreciated by you, Whitney.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> on behalf of myself and my guest, Whitney, I would like to thank you all for listening today. And until next time, remember, if we all work together, we can accomplish anything. You have been listening to Let's Be Diverse with Andrew Stout. To stay up to date with future content, hit subscribe.